G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of Double Jumper Radio, the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, John. John, how are you today, buddy? Hey, I'm tired and I have hay fever, as most of it. That sums me up today. Oh, oh man, I, I, would, I would hate that. It is coming up to spring after all. Yeah, it's like I have it for three, like I always forget I have hay fever until I've had it for about three days or two or three days. Even when it's like really <laughs> bad, it's just like, yep. what is, like I have a cold, right? And it's like, oh, hay fever, that's right. That's what's happening to my face. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, okay. Not week, fun. But yeah, been playing games and such, so <laughs> that's been yeah, better. You, yeah, you've been playing a couple of games. Uh, I, I know you, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but you did play and review Cave Story. Uh, oh, sorry, not Cave Story, Garden Story. Yeah, the, uh, other, yeah. the other story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, uh, tell us a bit about what you thought about it, man. Garden Story, it's... I, like it's definitely one of those games where like as soon as I see it it's like oh that I want to play that like it's like you know it's kind of got this like very soft like inviting color palette and like overall art style it, it's got like a more detailed um sort of like pixel art style than I think a lot of games have today that like also mm. are pixelated um yeah. which I, f- I found very um just a, it's just a very pretty game like like so many other games but it it kind of stands out um, otherwise it's like, I, I go through it on my, in my review, but it's a little, um, it's a little tedious, like a little too tedious for its own good. But I think by the end of it, I came away like really kind of loving it, but that's only because I kind of tried to skip a lot of those like tedious aspects, which I think is like not really what the game wants either. Mm. So it's kind of a little bit of a mixed bag, but mostly a good bag. <laughs> I think, yeah. Cause it, it, it's, it's got a very similar top down uh, like uh, art style and kind of play style to something like classic Zelda, you know, yeah. a link to the past is what I kind of think about. But it from the review, it seemed seemed like a lot of the gameplay was more like something like uh, Animal Crossing. A lot of you know things tick off, you know, a list of tasks. Yeah, yeah, that's Animal Crossing is probably a closer comparison than I kind of realized at the time. Yeah, because it's like it plays like Zelda, except it has like a stamina system. Which mm-hmm. it reminded me mostly of Dark Souls because of how, um, yeah, mainly because of how controlling you have to be of, you have to have a lot of caution early on because mm-hmm. you have so little stamina, and it just kind yeah. of gets like you know to the point where it's just like hit a couple of times, back off, wait till the stamina recharge, hit again, and I was just thinking throughout a lot of it, it's like, you know. Zelda doesn't have this. They didn't need to add this. Like, just because Zelda's, like, fun in that it's just, like, kind of hack and slash and basic and it works because of how simple it is. And it's also not really what it's about. Where this one, like, it's also not really about the combat, but there's a little more going on than Zelda games usually do in that way. Mm. But it it doesn't necessarily become better because of it. Like, it just kind of becomes more convoluted. Um, Does it become tedious? um, Yeah. I I think it's mostly because of those, like daily quests i mentioned yeah oh like oh was it um yeah they're called requests i think i think that's what i wrote <laughs> it's been a second um but yeah they're yeah. like you know daily mmo missions they have to do or you don't have to do mm. which is kind of what i'm i suggest not doing yeah much of them at all because they're really boring and mm. yeah um but yeah it, it, i i enjoyed it but mm. mainly like it was like by the end of it i've really enjoyed the story and the themes 
and I'd forgotten how much I was like not enjoying the like tedious aspects I was like throwing myself. You forgive into. those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, what about you? Been playing Splitgate? Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, playing a little bit more of Splitgate. You know, uh, Splitgate. It's it's a it's basically Halo meets Portal, as we've mentioned before, but it's got a very simple kind of multiplayer, just straightforward multiplayer mode. Uh, like old school arena shooters, there's there's not much in the way of like like you know challenges, too many mechanics or anything like that. It's basically you do some shooting and you can create portals. You wrap your mind around that and you're gonna do well. Um, I don't, I don't know, like I I, th- I think it's fun, but I think it's fun in short bursts. Like if you play more than an hour or so of it, I think it gets it's it's a bit boring. So I think keep keep the play like if you're gonna play it. Played in short bursts, and I think you really enjoy it. Okay, that's it's it's um. That's a kind of like a yeah, it's like because I don't play much multiplayer games. Like partly because mm. I've kind of, I think I've kind of learned not to bother. Partly because I'm overly competitive a lot of the time. Yeah, <laughs> in a way that kind of makes me like too amped up a bit. Um, but also our internet's historically been pretty poor here. So you know, like yeah. you know, like everywhere in Australia, mostly, um, that's mm. not very uncommon. But um, oh yeah. But my point was that it's um, yeah. It sounds like a pretty severe flaw for Splitgate. If that's kind of something that a lot of end up, a lot of people end up taking away from it is like short bursts because those games are really designed like you, with a multiplayer shooter. You want them to like to hook the player properly so they kind yeah. of can't stop playing. So it's kind of disappointing actually. Yeah, but I guess the way I see it is that I, I don't mind so much because there's no. Uh, like there's no lack of abundance of like highly involved shooters that have you know long progressions and you know extensive battle passes and things like that so for me it's it means that I don't feel bad when I walk away from the game like I think that's kind of the thing that kind of took I got bored with games like Destiny or Warzone is just there's just so much it's just overwhelming mm. sometimes you just want to play and I think Apex Legends kind of strikes a good balance between, okay, there's some challenges to do, there's a, a variety of modes, um, and also that jump in and, and and go gameplay, but there's a lot of setup in Apex, even in the arenas mode, which is kind of like the 3v3, uh, just purely shooting mode, so a game like Splitgate, I mean, again, it's free, so you can always try it, see what you think, don't like it, leave, but the jump in and jump out, is 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 a feather in its cap and also a hindrance, depending on the type of person you are. If you have a, like a very addictive personality, you may not necessarily like the fact that you're not getting you know all these numbers going up and down. But I I do like there's there's a lot of stack uh, stats being tracked within the game. You know like distance of your portals or how much uh, you know your average deaths and things like that. Like you do see numbers go up at the end of rounds, but there's no kind of, like, persistent, uh, like, challenges or anything like that uh, that kind of uh, overwhelm you and, and, and kind of trigger that dopamine response that gets you addicted. So it's, yeah, it's kind of good in that way, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it kind of reminds you of, like, how um, I see arguments every so often about Nintendo adding achievement systems. Yeah. And... Um, it always reminds me of like I'm I'm very happy with Nintendo not embracing that aspect of mm. the like gaming ecosystem because it's something that kind of yeah. goes against a lot of their design ethos 
or at least from my mm. my perspective it does yeah where you know a lot of game the center games are designed in a way that invites curiosity and engagement on in a very like yeah. genuine way without giving you like it's a very directed but it's also and like yeah. it's very constructed around the player to direct them towards certain things but without boxing them into certain ways yeah. of playing and i feel like that's what Mm-mm. achievements and that's like you know in addition like yeah, 100%, progression systems 100% agree. that these kind of games have yeah um, and 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 you're right like i feel like nintendo creates I think maybe Nintendo's a bit more old school in terms of the reward is in like build reward into the game design, you know. Yeah, exactly. Rather than something that's outside the game. And and that's where something like Destiny like I remember me playing like whenever you'd have okay, there's an Iron Banner event which is for like a week in a season or a couple of weeks out of a season. But there were all these challenges you had to play. So you had to use weapons you didn't like or play style you didn't like or grind out things that you didn't want to do because you wanted you 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 didn't want to miss out on you know a particular weapon or a piece of armor so i i get i i think yeah there's there's pros and cons but i think nintendo's approach is is great but i do love the fact that i get you know i can see a pop-up saying hey well done you did this you're in yeah. this percentage of plays who did it so i think it's more kind of the the meta the metaverse of not meta, yeah, of like connected, like you can see across all your games, across your friend list, how you compare to your friends. I think that's mm-hmm. probably the the part I like. I don't really care so much about getting 100% and everything. Yeah. So, so it's yeah. like in, in Splitgate, maybe it's like sort of um, enjoying the contrast against these other games. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, it's, it's still, it's, the the shooting in it is really nice. Uh, the the portal ability is like pretty much one to one to what Valve has. So you still have momentum carry through. You can shoot through them and things like that. So it actually changes up the tactics that you can employ in the game. It's just okay. that obviously it's a small team. There's not much content to it. So maybe that's what it is. Is that you know maybe I want to see more maps or I want to see some variety and some more modes come out. Right. And it's only early days. It's like still in early access technically. Uh, it's like in open beta i think season zero just kicked off which i don't yeah. understand why it's a zero season um but whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah i think let's let's talk about what was on double jump this past week uh yeah it, it kicked off with uh edward and his uh him uh delving into the kind of the the evidence surrounding the uh what seagull He's a seagull sea captain in Animal Crossing New Horizons by the name of Gulliver and, and trying to, uh, you know, figure out exactly what he's hiding from players. Yeah, it was fun reading through, like, Edward's, like, breaking down all these little clues <laughs> that Gulliver killed. Yeah. Because I, I still haven't played New Horizons. I played, like, mm. a couple of other ones. But, um, yeah, it was a kind of nice, cool like, it's like, oh, that's cool that New Horizons does this, like, kind of, like, teases <laughs> these little elements. He comes yeah. back into disguise and stuff. So that's, that's really, <laughs> it's kind of adorable yeah. in a very scary sort of way. Like, like think of the, and it's great that like people in the team actually thought about it, like on the development team and, and thought of this whole idea, this whole arc and how to implement it. It's, it's really yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we uh, had uh, Ruby's review of Boyfriend Dungeon, uh, which she, she found that delivers a quote unquote fun new take on the Otomo formula. So kind of like Japanese dating sims. Um, uh, but yeah, 
Uh, obviously, controversy aside. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of... <laughs> I should have followed that more closely. It sounded like one of those things where it's just people are kind of understandably upset by the... Um, one of the, oh, like one of they the did, characters. Yeah, they felt that the um, was it, the warning included at the start of the game wasn't really enough for what ends mm. up like, what it ends up um, like uh, trying to warn you about, I suppose. Um, yeah. But I think Ruby said that uh, I think she kind of found the combat a little um, tiring by the end. Uh, something, mm. something like that. it sounds like the combat part of it might not hold up as well as the rest the dating part of it um but it's yeah. not yeah she enjoyed it so mm. look look in like look into <laughs> it if you want yeah yeah if you, if, especially if you've been looking for a new new like a novel take on the the dating sim genre yeah it's kind of funny that yeah. it had to be in development <laughs> sooner well or maybe maybe it didn't have to but it had to be like it probably had to be in development um before hades and it feels so similar mm. <laughs> like in just in terms of like it feels like such a obvious inspiration i mean maybe not obvious i think it's just hard to not make that linked between them two at least it wasn't for me where it's like the top down sort of crossover. crawler thing and the like very pretty swords <laughs> yeah <laughs> dating them <laughs> all that stuff um what's the what's the main character's name in in hades what's the what's the dude's name it's uh, not it's not atreus that's the one in um that's in god of war but uh, i'm trying to remember his name, Hades' main character. What does Google say? And his Zagreus name is... or something? Yeah, Zagreus. Zagreus. Yeah. So, Zagreus is coming to Boyfriend Dungeon as DLC. Confirmed. You heard it here first. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Got me. Oh. Yeah, and then, uh, John, we followed up with your review of Garden Story, um, which, uh, as we talked about before, you, you overall, you liked it. Yeah, this yeah. It's cool. just it's kind of got like um yeah, if you end up playing it, which I recommend you do, listeners, um yeah, just don't don't uh dive too hard into the um side content. Um mm-hmm. or like the specifically the requests, like the like daily MMO style missions. Like just don't bother with those. Everything else about it is pretty great. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my review. <laughs> <laughs> and then I uh I wrote a, a quick spotlight article about uh, the Halo Infinite themed Xbox Series X bundle and uh, Elite Series 2 controller that 343 Industries unveiled during Gamescom, but uh, I'll cover a little bit more about that in the uh, news coming up. Speaking of which, let's uh, let's move on to the news. story of today is Gamescom a lot of announcements at Gamescom 2021 so um, well not too many there's four here but um, first one <laughs> is Marvel's Midnight Suns um, mm. XCOM team at Fire Axis are tackling Marvel which I think was leaked like a month ago or something like yeah, that it wasn't yeah. too long ago though it was also kind of wrong so it was kind of nice seeing like seeing the trail and it's like oh that that wasn't what I was expecting um, yeah. anyway so Marvel's Midnight Suns is a um, set in the well, I think I'm not sure if it's set in the storyline. It's it's definitely based on it. Is on the Midnight yeah. Suns, like the comics. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's based. It's like their own take on that storyline. Yeah, so it's like all the supernatural themed story, like heroes banded together. It's like Justice League Dark. 
but Marvel, if that helps anyone. Because <laughs> I didn't know about Midnight Suns, actually, until the game leak happened. Um, so it's kind of yeah. like... Anyway, it's curious. Like I like that sort of vibe there. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Firex is going to take some... Um, yeah, so it's covering... So far, it includes Blade, Doctor Strange, and the Ghost... And <laughs> not the Ghost... Go, oh, it is the Ghost... Is it the Ghost Rider or Ghost Rider? I always thought of it without the D. Uh, I guess it's like Spider-Man or The Amazing Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think you'd probably say, oh, it's The Silver Surfer. I'd probably say The. Okay. The Ghost uh, Rider. Yeah. Um, anyway. Well, go, so just say Ghost Rider. Let's just say Ghost Rider. <laughs> i, I got to stop going on so many tangents. Um Okay, so those three, plus Captain America, Captain Marvel, and Wolverine, um, at least so far. And then there will be a um, player customizable um, central character called the Hunter, mm. who's resurrected resurrected in the reveal trailer. Um, entirely new character designed by Firexus in partnership with Marvel Comics. Um, mm. And um, Jake Firexus, Jake Solomon, says that there will be You'll be able to choose between more than 40 different superpowers ranging from light to dark to mirror the game selection of heroes and villains. Makes sense. Yeah. One thing I was like, I was like reading through the digest because I, like, I haven't been covering all the, you know, reading all the supplementary information about this game so far. And mm. like mentioned in the digest is um, that Solomon also noted that there are zero mechanics shared between XCOM and Benite Suns, which is very funny to me. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's hard to imagine because like, it makes it sound like there's just not going to be like, it sounds like it's, you're going to be flying and not walking and stuff like that. I don't know. Like, it sounds like very, I don't know. I'm curious to what, to the extent of that yeah. quote. Like, I'm curious about yeah, it now. More curious than I was, to be honest. Like, I think it would have sold fine if it was just XCOM with Marvel skin on it. Because yeah. people like the XCOM games. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's cool. Uh, like, it's not, like, basically what that means, uh, from what I see, is it probably will be a turn-based action strategy game but maybe because you have heroes uh and superpowers like it's probably not going to be based on stealth or you know surprise attacks and things like that maybe that's yeah, what sure. it means uh, that's mm. what jake means and also um who like maybe this could be actually different and and um maybe it'll be something like the ultimate alliance games yeah, but like a modernized sequel that people actually like because I, I don't think people like the third one, like I, the most recent one. I, I remember trying to like get a sense of the consensus around the yeah. time it released, not long after, because it was like DLC yeah. packs, and like every time one would come out, I'd like go and look at comments, like, oh, what, are, like, what are, did people like it or not? And it's like it's kind of mm. anyway, it seemed kind of divisive. Like some people really, yeah. I think we we're kind of shocked by how not into it they were, and we're hoping, mm. you know, they were hoping the opposite. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I think there were plenty of people who did like it, but you have to have like a certain yeah. taste that really enjoys pretty yeah. repetitive and like mm. surprisingly kind of shallow gameplay, which I think they were kind of expecting more just yeah. based, uh, maybe just based on their memories. I mean, not in that it's like mm -hmm. awful innately, but I think they were kind <laughs> of, you know, they, yeah. they expected more than they, they imagined it. it more Cause the first two games are like beloved. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. They're like, very well revered. They were relaunched for a little while on modern consoles, and then they were took down, taken down. And I think, yeah. I, I think people still liked them. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I think because, like, when the first Ultimate Alliance came out, which I think it was like 2006, 
it was basically like at the same time as the Civil War storyline in in the Marvel comics was happening. So oh, I think right. it was like it was part of the zeitgeist, like this big push for Marvel, like pre the Iron. Like you got to think this is pre Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like this is the biggest thing in Marvel as in terms of a crossover to like another medium. Mm. Oh, there was one mention um, is that there won't be any permadeath in it either, uh, which mm. I think was meant to be like a little foreshadowed through their um, recent like mini um, release from last year or the year before their XCOM like police themed yes. ones. Like that one, I think yeah. to- that there's probably a few clues in there beyond just no permadeath. Yeah. about what this one uh, could include. I'm trying to remember what it was called, but yeah, because, um, like the, uh, I think people call it Iron Man playthroughs of XCOM, where it's basically permadeath with everything, like it's yeah. super hard. Everything's like very high stakes, but obviously not everyone's, like it's not everyone's cup of tea. So it kind of makes sense to kind of tamper expectations to say that no, no, this this game, don't worry, it'll be accessible. Mm. Oh, I also say before we move on. Um, is that like I was actually kind of a little bummed that I had Captain America and Marvel and Wolverine in it because like part of the mm. leak was saying that there wouldn't be any MCU char- characters in it, which is kind of like yeah. shocking, but also like very intriguing. It's like oh cool, like they're like they're doing like a deep cut, of like deep cuts of Marvel. Like that's like that sounds like far more compelling to me than like. But it's like it's kind of you know seeing Wolverine and Marvel Captain um, mm. America, and it's like. These guys don't. I mean, Wolverine does. But Captain America and Marvel's Captain Marvel seems so, and um, Iron Man. That's right. Yeah, they seem like so divorced from that side of like from any supernatural elements at all. Which is like it's kind yeah. of fun seeing them side by side, but it's also it's like I don't know. It just feels like money throwing. Yeah, <laughs> Cause, yeah. Because they sell Iron Man and Captain America sell. I think that's why. Hmm. I was like, but it's yeah, because midnight cool the enough, original. Isn't he? <laughs> Hmm? What was that? <laughs> Blade's cool enough, isn't he? I think so. <laughs> if people remember Blade. <laughs> yeah. So I think the last Blade movie came in, what, 2003 or something? Yeah, um, it was really bad. Like, like I haven't seen the Blade film, so I wouldn't know like how... Uh, I've only seen the first kind of two. fits into the zeitgeist. I've only heard about how bad the third one is and then never watched it. And, um, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, so... Um, yeah. Oh, do you have anything else to say on that one? I'll talk too much. No, no, it. I think... Okay, I think um, there's not much else, but you know, there's another another kind of famous reimagining that's happening, and that's Saints Row. John, what's happening there? Yep, um, yeah, Saints Row reboot. That's been like rumored for a while. Like it's been a mm. long time since. Like I've certain I've heard about this for the last two years or so. It's it's been it's you know worst yeah. kept secret sort of thing. Um, a series mm. reboot of the um, so the last one was Get Out of Hell, like the kind of yep kind of a what do you call it like dedicated like standalone expansion standalone that's the word I wanted thing, yeah yeah um, yeah so they've kind of gotten increasingly crazy with the series they're kind of reining it back yanking it back way to um, to its more grounded origins um, simply titled mm. Saints Row the new game trades the originals or to quote the digest trades the originals fictional Michigan based Stillwater setting for a fictional New Mexico-esque setting of Santo Alesso um, and task player was starting up a new gang named the Saints. So this one's more about, um, yeah. So they're kind of reining back the humor and the like, kind of the overall zaniness. <laughs> zaniness seems. Yeah. I don't know, I'm not sure if that word ever appropriate to almost anything, but I tend to think of it a lot. <laughs> yeah. But they're reining back this sense of humor, and they're kind of it's gameplay wise, 
I think there's like snippets of gameplay around, uh, like available in a recent trailer. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it looks a lot like the last games to me. Like it didn't look too yeah. different to it at all. Like not in that there's much to see, but it, it just it seemed very familiar. Uh, but this one's more yeah. about property development, about buying real estate and setting them up as crime fronts. And um, yeah. I think that's. Oh, and there's I think there's drop in, drop out co-op stuff like that. There's kind of the stuff you want from Saints Row. Mm. Without the humor and with more, like, uh, yeah, like GTA style real estate development. Yeah, um, I, I wonder if it's. I I don't. Like, I'm not sure if you remember, but in like San Andreas, did you play? You played San Andreas, right? You you kind of played a little bit of it. Uh, I feel I played like ten minutes of it when I was a kid. I don't know much oh, about okay. it. I, d- I just know it has well, a lot of like RPG style mechanics that yeah, has like yeah. n- never been seen outside the series. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So that here and it's, it was kind of like towards the end, like Saints Row games. I think had it as well, but it was a lot about territory control. You had to kind of take territory from rival gangs, and then you had to always check in. Like some rival gang arbitrarily attacks your like one of your you know, your your territory and you had to kind of like fight them and it just became like busy work. So uh, I'm just worried that with with this kind of trying to be more grounded, like it still has some sh- like, you know, dumb humor and things like that, but it, it seems more like millennial humor with like, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's, it's less self-serious than like the first two games for sure. It, and it does keep some of the craziness of the last two games but not it it's not like it's kind of like a happy medium between both things so it, it's it'll be interesting to see if it can carve its own identity and i wonder if online's going to be a big part of this because that's really what people are drawn to a GTA style game now like i i don't know i don't know if people really want to like if volition's really going to make its money back unless it tries to like make a robust multiplayer um, yeah like, that's yeah, it's kind of an interesting point. I hadn't thought about that much. Because, like, the multiplayer in Santa has always been just co-op of the campaign, right? Pretty Most much, like, yeah. yeah. There hasn't been, like, a full-fledged online mode. And they didn't announce one mm. either, so I'm not yeah. sure if... You know, we don't know if there's one happening, but it's a good point to make. Um, mm. I will say the teaser trailer, like, the CGI one, it didn't really do much for me, personally. And not because, like, I was kind of thinking, like, during it, like, I was expecting the humor to be reined back since, you know, the rumors started of its um, existence. But, mm. like, I was surprised that, like, it felt like they didn't replace it with anything, to me, personally. Like, it, it wasn't, like, very funny or especially stylish or that endearing or anything. Like, I could see yeah. the character becoming more endearing in the actual game. I'm mm. um, actually like playing through it and like hearing them that way, but as a like as a teaser yeah. trailer, like because I'm someone who gets pretty hyped, like hyped pretty easily, excited pretty easily by teaser trailers, like CGI ones. Like a lot of people mm. get a, pretty upset about them because they want to see gameplay instead. And I was like, yeah. I get that, but I'm like, yeah. what teaser like the, what those kind of trailers are meant to do is like they're kind of like stylistic vertical slices of yeah. what they you know like this is what we want the game to, to look hyped. like what it wants to feel like like yeah. you know it, it's and it's like to me it's like it didn't really do much for me it just felt no, like you know it's like it's kind of a slightly wry take on GTA <laughs> with yeah, a bit of was... a modern twist on the startup theme and not much else yeah. like it, I was just, I was a little I, I don't know I'm not like the biggest Saints Row fan in any way but I was like I don't know I feel like my yeah. barometer for like 
being uh yeah being excited by like these essentially like illusions you know like they're just like they're what you know these um their aspirations for what they want yeah. their game to look like i'm very easily mm. affected by that not in that i like i can't see through it but i enjoy them yeah. a lot and it just mm. didn't get do anything for me and i was kind of and, and it, it, that's the thing and it doesn't really like like there's kind of okay so there are multiple key examples of the types of open world games right you know breath of the wild is that uh, an open world game that rewards exploration and uh has some light survival elements in it right then you've got gta which is kind of a sandbox for an awesome multiplayer mode plus also you had kind of the the multiple protagonist transitions right so you had those stories going on and and you felt like those characters were living even when you weren't playing them right then you've got your ubisoft which is basically like a modern collectathon visual master like visual like kind of masterpiece but is mainly a -a collectathon has an interesting setting and then you've got I think where the the benchmark is right now of an open world game, which is uh, The Witcher Three, which took kind of the the Skyrim formula of you know there's so many stories happening on the side, but instead of it being like procedurally generated, imagine we handcrafted all those stories, and then you get something like The Witcher, right? The thing about this is that it doesn't really have its own identity, and it doesn't seem to lean into any of those different like quadrants or those different areas. It's it's kind of like generic action game. Um, it feels like it has a lot of the same problem as their last game that bombed super hard. Um, Agents of Mayhem, yeah. that's what it's called. Yes. Um, it's yeah, like, not yeah. in that, it's like, Agents of Mayhem, like, I bet it was pretty good, like, generally. Like, they seem to, they're good, they're good at making games, but they seem to be, with this and Agents of Mayhem, they seem to having be having a hard time of actually, like, making mm. and presenting games in a way that yeah people want to buy <laughs> um, yeah yeah and especially because agents of mayhem was like a spiritual successor to the to the crashdown games C- sorry crashdown crackdown games right and the thing with the crackdown games is like the first couple maybe was that you had all these crazy abilities you could leap buildings and stuff like that so that was very different right and red red faction gorilla which is what people like that that game had like crazy uh destruction capability so that was like a novel idea but then you know agents of mayhem saints row like these games kind of even like you know the mad max game things like that they're just they just seem like uh here's a generic open world game here are, here's a campaign that takes you through like uh, you know these objectives beat these people get this territory and that's about it there's nothing really that uh like I'm just speaking for myself and I think you're similar to me. Like there's nothing to really draw you in to want to invest just like more time in those games. Oh, uh, in which games? That's sorry? a shame. Exactly. In 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 these games. Like in, in like a game like this, it doesn't seem like it's got anything special about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like that's kinda what the teaser does a bad job of. <laughs> it doesn't say it's like yeah. you wanna do this, it's a right? Bad teaser. You wanna do yeah. that, right? And it's like, uh, I've I've done that stuff, right? Like like that's mm. the kind of thing it should have that like it should have been like almost like a if the crime front stuff like cuz yeah, um yeah, the crime setting like buying real estate to like actually like customize my own little like crime empire and the way it works cuz I think one of the examples given was um buying a like fast food fast food joint and setting it up like in Breaking Bad, like selling mm. meth through it. 
and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, and like, you know, and that being an option, not like the only available, like, uh, like the only thing you can do with it. It's like, there's like option, yeah. like the idea that you have several options to do with these individual places. And there'll be assumedly like dozens of them across the game. It's like, that's yeah. like, that's exciting to me. And so it's like in the teaser, it should have had like, should have been like a montage of the kind of, or at least part of it should have been a montage of the kind of stuff you can make out of it. Cause that's fun to me. Though I guess yeah. in a way that's more of a town builder, <laughs> but um, mm. but oh, it's like still like a, I don't know. It's it might be kind days. of like how we'll um, yeah exactly um, yeah. So last couple of bits of news for from Gamescom, um, Halo Infinite's release date set for December eighth later this year. Um, finally, so after a long delay, yeah. So early December, um, and then <laughs> that's be a single a player time. campaign and the multiplayer. Right. Remember, there's no co-op, yeah? Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, new Xbox Series X bundle and Elite controller that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Check out the article on the site. They look... I'm a big fan of the the console bundle, especially the way it... uh, Like, you've got kind of the Starry Night motif mixed in with, like, the, the, you know, kind of uh, really smooth and technologically futuristic lines on the other second half of the 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 devices i'm not so big a fan of the elite controller like that you know spartan green with the copper thumbstick but uh, d-pad but that i think it could have i could i think for celebrating 20 years of halo like i mentioned in the article i think i would have loved more of an ode to the original xbox's controller but that's probably just me personally. <laughs> the Duke? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> it's like the size of a waffle. It's like... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I would have liked that as well, just for the humor of it. Yeah, like for a 20th anniversary kind of homage to the Xbox and, and of Halo, I think it would have been great if instead of kind of the Spartan green colorway, it was, it was like an ode to the original Duke controller. <laughs> You know, maybe yeah. maybe not so much in size, but how about like you know, where the Y button was white, and uh, the X button was like black. So you'd have kind of the white and black buttons from the original controller represented there. I think that would have been a cool homage uh, to to the original Xbox. Yeah, I would have loved to see a size also. <laughs> I would have, <laughs> I, like I want to see a giant Xbox One controller. You, um, you, you I think they what? did make them yeah. actually, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think that happened a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. And I guess if you had like if you were like Shaquille O'Neal or someone with a like huge hand, I bet I bet someone like Jake probably would have appreciated that. <laughs> I would have. <laughs> oh well, there you yeah. go. <laughs> but it's like I'll I'll say there's like um, those two, the Xbox One X and the Leak Troller. Like I actually, uh, it's more impressive than I've seen over like custom hardware in a while like mm. they like they usually i don't know they're hard like they're, i don't think they're ever really bad like whenever a company mm. releases them but those are like they, they're really detailed and they actually look nice which is kind of yeah i think it's a rare thing to see where it's like yeah. you know like a full-on like it's not just mm. like or maybe it is kind of more of a skin i don't know i have to see it like the the buttons being different color and stuff is a it, you know, no i 100 percent can attest to that microsoft doing a lot more work with yeah, that versus someone like Sony and Nintendo, which is basically like, oh, it's in another color. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, I, I don't know. I always appreciate those anyway. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But the no, detail, you like, can see the work going into it. Yeah. It's like a lot more these. than usual, which is, I don't know. It's appropriate, it's really, good. isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Then lastly out of Gamescom was the disappointing news that Horizon Forbidden West has been delayed to February 18, 2022. I think it's a huge surprise. I think, I'm certain I've already heard of this a little while ago. It must, I think mm. there was like a little, a short leak from something or other yeah. um, about that. Like just, you know, like foreshadowing that news in particular. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, so it's been confirmed February next year. Um it's not so yeah. bad. But uh, has Sony got much else out this year? I feel like I'm forgetting something giant. I can't think of anything. Okay, maybe that was it. <laughs> I don't. I haven't been keeping track. Like 2022 is going to be big. Like Elden Ring's coming out. I think January, so that's going to be a pretty big. Yeah, it's a pretty big thing. Yeah, right. I think there's a lot of games coming out in January. Mm. Uh, I, sh- I should. I'm just know trying to stuff better. <laughs> think of yeah, like in terms of Sony, I I can't think of anything exclusive coming out this year. But mm. well, I mean. Like Ratchet and Clank was like kind of the big thing, but that's already out. Yeah, I think they were kind of mm. banking on this one, and uh, yeah, certain there was another this game, was but I forget. Those. But anyway, so yeah, <laughs> that wraps up Gamescom for yeah. today. Uh, one thing I'll add is that uh, Bungie formally unveiled the next expansion for Destiny Two, which is uh, the Witch Queen. Uh, in a nutshell, uh, Savathun, which is the other hive god, is basically. Uh, now can control light, it seems. So now has her own version of ghosts that can create basically immortal uh, creatures of the night. And yeah, so we're basically going to be fighting things that uh, have pretty much the abilities we have, which is a, which is a a departure from what we've seen so far. But honestly, I wish we had a new enemy to face. I mean, we've been fighting the same enemies for like eight years now. <laughs> but yeah, what what can you do? I guess I think it's like. As someone who like very, who, who's like I, I've only ever played like the alphas and betas of like mm. Destiny One. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. I've never touched it. Um, and like that was like one of those like little bits of news. It's like oh, you know, like perks me up a little bit with like oh, it's like an enemy's got a ghost. That's kind of neat, actually. Yeah, like it's a cool um, idea. It's just it could have been a new. Like, imagine, I don't know, like she's got it's she's basically the hive but she's got a new type of hive but they look different and they are like go like imagine like i mean maybe this could still happen it's like imagine they actually look like guardians you know yeah that would be neat that would have been like imagine like zombified guardians that would be cool yeah that would be cool wasn't (laughs) wouldn't there also news like that there um they'll be releasing the next chapter of destiny in like 2024 or something i'm certain there was news like that uh yeah i think the like the expansion after that which, okay. for all intents and purposes, might become like a Destiny Three type thing. Like Destiny Two's, it's it's I think fifth year. Like Destiny One came out in twenty fourteen. Destiny Two came out twenty seventeen. So it's like the fifth year of Destiny. Is well, what I thought we're that because it was like twenty twenty four they announced the four. So I kind of figured it was like them announcing, but not also not announcing Destiny Three. It'll be yeah. Who knows? Like yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah, like Beyond Light kind of functioned as like Destiny Three in terms of there's a new element to fight with and, and things like that. But uh, I don't know. I, I I haven't played Destiny Two since Beyond Light came out last year. Like I just kind of got annoyed with the lack of kind of new things, like meaningful things, and especially because there's so much rich lore there, but it's just not represented in game. And I've yeah. I've heard and. F- looking at Tom's seasonal reviews uh, on doublejump.co um, <laughs> uh, that it seems like some of those that narrative is being told a bit better in gameplay but you know 
I've reinstalled Destiny 2. I want to jump back in. The season of the Lost just kick off, kicked off. I want to see exactly what's changed. But I'm not sure if I'm going to be picking up um, the Witch Queen just yet. I, I've been burnt before. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I keep hearing that story. And that's the thing. Like, I'm a huge multiplayer fan of Destiny. And multiplayer is the thing that hasn't really been improved for a long time so that's where i want to see some effort put into really yeah that's one of the things i've heard about a lot is how like the freezing element really fucked with <laughs> like destiny yeah, like, pvp in a big way and like so many maps were taken out like <sighs> the thing is the gunplay in destiny like the actual gameplay is some of the best you'll find in any shooter any multiplayer any game right but the multiplayer mode in that the crucible mode is just so it's just so under underappreciated by Bungie. So, like, for me, I, I really want to see more come to that multiplayer mode. Like, more maps, more mo Like, even if it's not more modes, but just more weapons, like, more unique things. You know, more unique rewards for playing multiplayer. And, and, not, and less focus on things like Iron Banner and stuff that, you know, you just have all these objectives to make you play in shitty ways. Like, maybe... Maybe do a Nintendo thing and make the reward in the in the game design a bit more. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's a complex issue, but I hope Bungie can solve it and solve it soon. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, yeah. I can't think of a good enough tangent, so next story. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of fixing things and fixing them soon, we've got more from <laughs> the, uh, the Activision <laughs> <Good> Blizzard. <laughs> Thank you. We've got more developments in the world of Activision Blizzard. The first one being that the the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing, the DFEH, has expanded its original toxic workplace lawsuit against Activision Blizzard uh, this past week. And according to a new Axios report, uh, essentially what the DFEH has done is that throughout its uh, lawsuit, it's replaced the word employee with workers. And that is to include... Uh, quote contingent or temporary workers so you know contractors uh, Q&A testers people like that who weren't originally covered by the original definition of employee but who may also have been you know witness to or uh, victims of the toxic workplace culture at Activision Blizzard um, it's 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 good to in involve them as well and the other kind of disturbing accusation coming out of uh, California is that this, the, that state agency is alleging that Activision Blizzard has actually actively tried to hinder its ability to carry out its investigations. So, according to the like the new filing, Activision Blizzard is making its workers and employees sign non-disclosure agreements, and also uh, making employees and workers inform the company before they speak to the DFEH, and. Also, Wilma Hale, which is kind of the controversial law firm that Activision Blizzard hired, um, has kind of stopped the DFEH in in um, in completing its investigation. Specifically, what it's been doing uh, um, uh, isn't too clear. But you know, when you hire a firm like that, that is like anti-union or anti-worker, has a reputation like that, you know, some shenanigans are going on somewhere <laughs> behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, they're kind of they keep kind of trying to. Um, declare themselves innocent over and over. Like, yeah. you know, we've been covering this for a few weeks now and it's just like kind yeah. of hearing the same sort of things. That Like that, um, mm. one of the quotes in the digest kind of made me laugh though. 
a little bit where it's like, quote, we have provided the DFEH with clear evidence that we do not have gender pay or promotion disparities. Our senior leadership is increasingly diverse with a growing number of women in key. Like, it's like they go from, like, you know, defending themselves, like, spin right away. Like, there's not even any, like, sense of, like, you know, gentle. <laughs> like No, gentle. no, it's, it's just, just like, it's damage like, control. We did this. It's like, like look at our want? leadership. It's really diverse. Look, look. There are people with long hair. Look, look, look. <laughs> uh, but uh, the other part of... Uh, the developments in in gaming was uh, that Blizzard uh, formally came out and said that it's going to change Overwatch's McCree character. Uh, uh, so the character's name from McCree to something else, because uh, as we mentioned, I think last week or the week before, McCree was named after a conf- controversial designer named Jesse McCree, who was part of uh, the Cosby suite of kind of douchebags that were at the company, um, been mentioned in multiple kind of sexual harassment allegations and, and things like that. So uh, finally, good. Uh, it's it's frustrating that a a person like that was. Uh, kind of uh, glorified, you know, like had their name like literally put in lights. You know? It feels like an inevitable problem, really. When yeah. it like, it's like, of course, this has happened <laughs> eventually in a way. Yeah. It's like if you keep naming your characters after people, after real people, yeah. something's going to happen eventually. And this is exactly. just like the worst consequence of it. Yeah, and the the other part is obviously uh, there was a uh, like a, an upcoming story arc that was featuring McCree, and it, instead of uh, obviously releasing that as is, um, the if, uh, the team has de- decided to delay that arc to to work around it. And in the meantime, there's a free for all map that uh, is going to be in Overwatch. And yeah, no going forward, no more uh, <laughs> characters are going to be named after real life employees and i think the same things also happened in uh world of warcraft as well uh, i don't know the specific people who were named but i know that uh blizzard has also taken names down from there which are like fuck <laughs> yeah yeah like, um, yeah there are other ways to gl- there are other ways to you know give kudos to your peeps I think. it is kind of interesting safer though, ways. like i i haven't like, I'm not a long-time Bungie fan. I keep kind of prefacing myself that way. I'm you really mean, not a, like a gig- Oh, what did I say? Bungie. Bungie? Bungie, okay. I meant Blizzard. <laughs> uh, I'm not, like, yeah. a huge Blizzard fan or anything. I played, like, WoW in high school, and I played bits and pieces of other stuff. But um, yeah. it does definitely... That definitely makes me think about how this was a... Like, naming characters after your designers and such, it, it's a way of ingratiating them to your fan base and kind of like give, having this like kind of homey atmosphere to your games yeah. and to the company itself and it's just like i kind of like it's egotistical as well like yeah definitely but it's oh, like you yeah. know when like when yeah. games are made by like relatively small teams for a long time it's like you yeah. know mccree was a case of like game where it's made by dozens hundreds of people so it's just kind of a silly thing to continue doing at that scale yeah but i can understand when it happens you know it starts small um, yeah, yeah, I can. I get and it's you. like, I, and it kind of, you know, it makes sense that the company that has a convention named after itself that has been going on for a while, it's like, there aren't too many gaming companies that are like that. It's like the other ones, like id mm. and stuff. Um, yeah, it kind of makes sense that you know it would have this quality to the their games and to the company, and now it's like it's just being completely shattered with like you know, just mm. these horrible. Um, 
I don't know, these jerks, and they're like ruining it all. <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. I'm not like, I'm yeah. like, it's something that shouldn't have been, should have been changed a while ago. No, and it's not that yeah. it's like having, changing characters' names because those individuals were terrible in one way or another is like, yeah. it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's like, it's something that should be happening. I don't know. Just trying to say, it's yeah. like, it's kind of interesting. It's like to see it happening to this. It's just making me realize, like, oh yeah, Blizzard had this kind of homey quality about it that was very unique in the industry yeah people used to love blizzard people used to turn to blizzard as like a sign of quality or as a sign of workmanship you know yeah kind of and weirdly reminds you uh, i don't fun. it's probably not the best comparison but it's reminded me of trek fans a little bit <laughs> for some reason i don't like know Star why. Trek. yeah like that kind yeah. of like that um that attachment i think like yeah. uh, like that like that kind of attachment is like very common in the game industry in general like among fans yeah. but i feel like blizzard definitely had a, like a tier of it that was pretty remarkable or distinct rather mm. um anyway no you're right no yeah. I, I know what you mean i know what you mean i mean not all companies are filled with douchebags it seems like uh, at least another prominent company is trying to do the right thing by players what's, yeah, what's going on there which is kind of nice to read some sense of uh i don't know humility i suppose i don't know yeah some positivity Sorry, positivity. Some positivity. Yeah, yeah. that's a good word for it. <laughs> EA, um, fourth story. Oh, is that the fourth? Oh, no. Next story of the day. EA shares Apex Legends ping patent to encourage more accessibility. So in, um, in an attempt to help other developers, like kind of get them more accessible, let's help along, help people, players with disabilities and other medical issues. Electronic Arts has released five of its accessibility-centered technology patents for royalty-free use by every developer in the industry without threatening them with patent infringement or anything of the sort. Um, so the patent pledge for increasing accessibility includes Apex Legends um, ping system, um, mm. something you'd have a lot of familiarity with. Yeah, maybe, yeah I haven't played it's, it. it's very robust and it kind of... It, it, it can almost replace voice communication because the pings are context-based and they, they provide a lot of detail. Yeah. It's like that when that game came out and hearing about the ping system, it's like... Game changer. It was probably like the first, the main thing that went, it's like, oh, maybe I should play this. And then I didn't yeah. end up playing it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, so it was like um, alongside the ping system, there's a number of other systems to assist colorblind players and an unyet yet undeveloped patent that generates personalized music based on a user's hearing information and stylistic preference to best comfort with that user's hearing issues. So in a follow-up interview with GameIndustry.biz, um, EA's Executive Vice President of Positive Play... Huh. What? I haven't heard of that before. What um, a weird title. <laughs> yeah. Chris Brazzo. Um, he urged other developers to follow his Chris company's Bruzzo. lead. Chris <laughs> Brazzo. That's how I'm going to read it in my head. I don't know if it's if he's actually Italian heritage, but I'm going to read it that way. All right. Um, he urged other Sorry. developers to follow his company's lead, quote, for the greater good of players everywhere. Unquote. Mm. The company also noted that it may, quote, may add additional patents to this pledge at a later date, making it something to keep our eyes on. Yeah, which is, yeah. I don't know, it's nice to see. There's not really yeah. much cynicism to see mm. from this one. It's just kind of a cool thing to be happening that should make everything be a little bit better. Yeah, like, I mean, the cynic in me is like, okay, this is such a good story. What are you trying to cover up? What are you getting ahead of? But nothing came out, which is good. <laughs> yeah. It's like, in a sense, it's yeah. just like... One, EA gets some good press. Two, they don't have their lawyers chasing after some crap that will just get them yeah. bad press anyway. So it's just kind of like, it's like, and you know, ultimately it's a good thing. 
I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm really not gonna see it in a cynical way. I, I like it's just like when I think about it for a second, it's like, oh, that's probably <laughs> the reason, right? But it's not yeah, bad. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just like it, it, there's just they could just be like legitimate reasons beyond the ethical, mm. um, yep. which is yeah. Anyway, you know what? Good on EA. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't get to say that much, but good on EA. <laughs> yeah, good on EA. <laughs> good on this uh, multi-billion-dollar company for doing something decent. Yeah, so on that note. Yeah, another another similar story, another feel-good story is that uh, Epic Games and Time, so Epic Games, creators of Fortnite, um, uh, Unreal Engine, pretty much the creators of the game that steals everything from every other game on the planet, but uh, is now actually doing like a, 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 is now acting as a force for good. So Epic Games and Time Studios, so kind of like the digital part of Time Magazine's kind of publishing group, uh, has actually come together to put, uh, to host an interactive exhibit uh, about the 1963 March on Washington, uh, which, uh, and this exhibit is titled uh, March Through Time. DC 63 and it was made entirely within Fortnite Creative so essentially what this is is like a virtual museum like kind of like a virtual museum exhibit within Fortnite educating players about uh, the civil rights movement in the US and the 1963 March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom which was led by uh, most famously Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and yeah and it, it in it was a it was a very significant event in in American history and and you know human rights in general uh, and during you know there were performances by Mahalia Jackson Marian Anderson Bob Dylan there were also speeches from civil rights leaders uh, and obviously the most famous being uh, um, Dr King's uh, I Have a Dream speech and the, a recording of that speech actually serves as a centerpiece to uh, you know. Uh, to the exhibit where there's like a virtual version of Washington from that day uh, that was created by uh, Fortnite community members Chase Jackman, G. Quinu, XWDFR, and YU7A. Oh my god. Uh, clearly, these are online handles. I don't know their real names. I don't think that was listed. Yeah, not very audio friendly. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, there's like, it's like, a, it's got things like, you know, monuments from Washington State. Uh, sorry, Washington DC. Uh, there, there are ten mini mini game quests that you can play to learn more about, uh, you know, civil rights. What happened on that fateful march, and you can also uh, let's see. It's I get the initial outcry from people saying, "Why is this happening?" This doesn't belong in a game, especially of you know, a game associated with violence and things like that. But I think overall this is a positive thing because, frankly speaking, there's probably a lot more people interacting with Fortnite than they are with any other medium, like any other single you know TV show, movie, uh, you know, music or podcast or whatever. So why not use such a huge platform to educate people, right? What do you think, John? Yeah, I. I mostly agree. It's like it's one of those things where, um, you know, anyone who, pretty much anyone over a certain age probably will see it cynically. 
Todd Bell too. Mm. It's like it's Fortnite. They've had their share yeah. of things. They've, it's because like, actually this reminded me how like mentioning Fortnite creative reminded me of that um that story a month or two ago where that like 14 year old map creator got like was called out like you know kind of made these like homophobic um mm. tweets like on pride t- like during pride week and stuff yeah. and then he ended up like backtracking it and then he got his like map re- reinstalled and it's like uh it's like it's hard <laughs> uh, my point is that uh, it's kind of hard to trust epic when it comes to uh you know yeah proper uh what do you call it <laughs> i don't know public uh backing we do like, things in the public good yeah yeah yeah. So in that sense, but it's it does seem to be at least have like a net positive sort of impact. So it's mm. like and um, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I think there's there's been a few comments about it so far. I'm pretty sure I saw one story about how one of the emotes you could use was a whip emote, <laughs> like yeah, emote, which is kind <laughs> of nuts. Yeah, and I think that got disabled in, yeah. in that particular game mode. And then there was, um, I think there was talk about how it's kind of like, it's a little shallow for what it is, but if it's going to be censored at like kids who don't know this stuff or, you know, or like yeah. otherwise reminding people who haven't engaged yeah. with this topic much otherwise. So it's, you know, it's good. It's a starting point, right? Like yeah. you hope that you can kind of pique pe- kids' interest and then they go look at other sources, you know, uh, more serious sources or more in-depth sources to learn a bit more about it, what happened. Like, you, you, you know what I mean? Like, you, you're people expect so much. <laughs> I don't know why. You know what yeah, I, mean? like I, I guess. Yeah. I guess when you have, yeah, it's like keep your expectations low. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I don't pick know, up maybe, shattered those expectations by comparison. Like, this. like we're talking about the place where, like, two weeks ago, there was an Ariana Grande concert with unicorns and things like that. Like, it's. I don't know. Like, I guess you could say the same thing. Like, oh well, uh, a TV is the same place where there's a, you know, uh, a documentary about, you know, the Holocaust. But also there's some like you know concert that was on there. But I think this is a little bit different because, you know, TV. This like this is a particular like. It's a specific game. It's like a specific TV show or something versus a whole medium. You know, yeah. So, uh, I think I think any any discussion, anything that raises awareness, especially in a positive light, we shouldn't we shouldn't shut it down and discourage it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. sure people said the same thing about you know when people started talking about issues in you know comic books or why are people talking about issues on my you know breakfast radio show or something, right? Like, I'm sure these arguments have happened before. Yeah, I think it's like, on the other hand, it's like, you know, continue being critical of a company like Epic for, you know, mm. doing... It's like, it's, this isn't necessarily the bare minimum, but it doesn't yeah. feel all that much higher than it in some ways. Because it's like, yeah. it's such... No, it, I mean, I don't know. I don't like trying to twist it as, as something innately bad, but I do mm. like... I Well, not like, but I would I would like to, like, scrutinize it. Is um, yeah. just because it's it's worth scrutinizing, but it's also worth praising to some extent. And it'll be interesting to see like their studies done to see the actual impact of of this exhibit to see how much is actually retained or if if kids actually do learn more. <laughs> yeah, you know it's like I mean? there's you know there's a lot of eight year olds and ten year olds and such who play Fortnite. I'm not. I don't want to dis you know discourage or you know otherwise yeah. diminish what this means. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Good thing. Yeah. Good positive yeah. thing. And but I want to. Yeah. I'm still looking at. I'm still keeping watch of you, Epic Games. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. And yeah. And so this uh, uh, quote unquote year long educational event um, kicked off last week on the 26th. And uh, players can access it by going to uh, the Fortnite menu and selecting the March through time game mode, which is, uh, you know, at least it's it's right there on the menu. It's not something that's hidden away. And yeah, it, you know what? I I, I wish uh, it's it's a, it's a net positive. I think. Yeah, which I think we can agree. I don't there. know. It sounds <laughs> it sounds so defeated. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, I agree. We'll take what we can get. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well. That's going to do it for uh, the news for another week. Uh, it's, uh, as you can tell, it's been quite a bumper week in terms of gaming and 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 the whole industry as a whole. Like, it, it's weird having another big conference being digital only. But I think, uh, you know, we didn't get too many new announcements there. So hopefully, next year's shows kind of make up for it. It'll be interesting to see how E three holds up next year and Gamescom next year. Uh, yeah, compared to this year's events, I make, I'm kind of just expecting things to stay online for the surface. Like, you know, it was like because at yeah. this point last year, I was thinking, it's like, oh, definitely in August, you know, things will be back to normal. So, yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean, enough, hopefully, it'll, yeah. it should be better. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, shouldn't be too. And that's the thing. Like, you, you think about all the games that were in development and then had like the whole development process thrown upside down because of COVID and working from home, and it's kind of probably stretched out timelines put a lot of teams under stress so maybe maybe next year is the year that we see a lot more new projects get announced because it's taken that long to you know create those demos or those trailers or you know whatever it is yeah that's a great way of looking at it actually yeah it's got to be a lot of new yeah. games next year that would delay it out of this yeah. year and a lot of new games announced because delays <laughs> yeah and um shout out to uh smg studios uh i think it was uh moving out I think that was the name of the game. Uh, I think uh, Swedish and Australian uh, co-developed game uh, got 500k, 500,000 sales, which is awesome. Always good oh, to cool. see, you know, an Australian game do well. So, yeah, shout out to SMG Studio uh, and your your colleagues overseas for your success. Wish you wish you uh, all the best going forward. We, we love that. Yeah, love love success stories. <laughs> yeah, it's like with that um, new government grant. Hopefully, we'll see more of it. Yeah, yeah, that new tax offset uh, coming in next year should should see a lot more success stories. Hopefully, going forward, folks, if you want to uh, send in any questions or if you'd like to respond to anything we've brought up in this week's episode, feel free to write to us at podcast at doublejump dot co or uh, write in the podcast thread in our official community Discord server. Uh, speaking of which, shout out to uh, user Khan Fam for his very kind comments. He's uh, one of our regular uh, listeners and it actually helps him uh, sleep uh, when he has uh, really bad insomnia. So I don't know if that means we're boring. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not the him, comment yeah. I expected. <laughs> but I think he meant it more in that he likes the sound of our voices and maybe we... I don't know. Maybe we're soothing. I don't know. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> oh, well, thanks anyway, Can Fam. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, John, it's been a uh, it's been a pleasure again, as always. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for joining me, man. Yeah, thanks, Beer. Get to talk about games a while. Uh, but yeah, folks at home, this is Double Jump Radio, and it is the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. Definitely head over to our uh, website to read all of our. 
uh, awesome content, especially the latest digest where we talk about all of these stories and more in more detail. And yeah, if you like what you hear, please do follow or subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to it. And yeah, head over to doublejump.co slash links uh, for links to all of our social media pages and even our Patreon because our community, our site is Patreon supported. So we uh, thank you all uh, very much. John, thanks again, dude. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Until next time, everyone, look out for one another. Peace. See ya. Thank you.